Edge is here, back for another action-packed episode. That's right, and Bass Edge Radio, as always, presented by our friends at MegaWare KeelGuard. Give your boat the edge. Use the protection the pros pick. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. Aaron, once again, so excited to get this show off the ground. We're going to be talking some Major League Fishing, and gosh darn it, let's talk Bass Fishing. Bass Edge Radio, coming up right now. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Kurt, as we find ourselves back at the mic again for this episode, have you been visiting Chiropractor? You know, do you have all seven of your assistants going through your emails and Bass Blasters and uh, getting ready for the next round road trip? That's right. That's right. Just off the road, of course, you know, getting ready to hit the road. You know, as a professional angler, you're never off the road. You're just in between road trips. So even when you're at home, you're on the road. But anyway, it's been a fun round out in the West Coast. And look, man, you're on site over there, Bull Shoals getting ready to fire this up. You going to bring home that AOY trophy or what, buddy? Boy, I, I, you know, I have every intention, but I've got to give up kudos to my fellow competitors. I mean, you know these guys, Kurt. I mean, there's there's no slouches in this bunch, so I can assure you as hard as what I'm going for that number one spot to move up, so is everybody else. So, yeah, we'll see. This lake certainly fits into, you know, it's a clear water, highland reservoir, May, water's up a little bit, so will the bush bite be a factor? Are we going to be out there setting deep for these post spawners? How much is the top water going to play? So many variables, you know, and, and tomorrow's it. You know, today's off, and, I'm, of course, I'm standing on one leg on the top of a hill trying to find a decent <laughs> cell phone reception so we can actually have this conversation, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I always look at Bull Shoals as a mini Amistad. You know, there are so many similarities. The only difference there is, is like you talked about sometimes at high water. When you get some of the high water, you get some more current flow, and that can change things up there. So should be a great, interesting event, man, wishing you the best of luck, of 
course, as you mentioned, I'm going through all my emails here and looking at everything that's going on. And geez, I'm way behind on my Bass Blasters. A lot of cool stuff going on here. I was just reading this morning about how a tree fell down in a guy's boat. I um, saw that. <laughs> I shouldn't <laughs> laugh, but oh my gosh. I mean, it was unbelievable. There's tons of damage to the boat, but fortunately, only a lost rod and reel, no major injuries. Yeah, but then did you see the part in there where it said it wasn't bad enough that it practically totaled the boat and the co-angler had to jump out the back, but then the ants that ate the tree, the center of the tree out, like started biting these guys. It's yeah, like, how yeah. bad can your day be? <laughs> Obviously, it went from one bad circumstance to another. But then on a high note, I'm actually not sure if this was in the blaster. I'm, You know, Kumar never misses a thing, so I'm sure it was there. But saw how last month the uh, McDonald's Big Bash Splash at uh, Toledo Bend, the guy wins a boat in the Big Bash Splash and gives the boat to another gentleman that had fished the tournament off of a dock. How freaking oh cool gosh. is that? Wow. So a lot of neat stuff always going on in the fishing world. And I tell you what, it's just crazy busy everywhere you look. There's tournaments everywhere. Obviously, coming off West Coast, you got your thing going on at Bull Shoals. And look, dude, let's move right into the pro tip because we got a great angler on today's Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. So really excited to talk to this MLF guy. He's been fishing the selects with me. So this should be a fun conversation. But really quick, we've got a pro tip. Tip coming to you here in just a moment. First by land and now by sea. For years, Lucas Oil has been a staple in high-performance vehicles on both the road and track. Now, from the makers of Lucas Oil comes Lucas Marine products, specifically engineered for marine applications. Protect and lubricate your marine inboard, outboard, or high-performance boat with Lucas Marine Engine Oil or Lucas Synthetic-Based Oil. Learn more about the complete line of Lucas Oil and marine products. Visit lucasoil.com. Hey everybody, this is pro angler Kevin Short. You need to stay right here with Aaron and Kurt on Bass Edge Radio. This week's pro tip is brought to you by ProtectTheHarvest.com, keeping our traditions alive for future generations. And we have Dave LaFibra, 2015 FLW Tour champion. Dave, here is the question. Actually, today's pro tip, we're doing something a little bit different. This is going to be a question that we got for O'Reilly Auto Parts, but we're sliding it in right here to protecttheharvest.com, and it comes from Paul Tiffany of Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Paul asks, I'm going to get a depth finder with GPS, and that part's going to be new for me. Any hints on how to code the waypoints so that they make sense? Paul, great question. You know, obviously any type of GPS that you get, I personally use Lowrance and I've been using it for a long time. But GPSs are GPSs. You know, you just got to understand them. And that's one of the key things is trying to decipher your waypoints. And for different things, I use different colors for the most part. You know, I'm using the mostly just a circle. I use blue for certain things. I'll use red for rocks, green for grass, things like that. And then there's also an area where you can name those things. For bedding fish, you know, I use a blue dot. 
I'll name that waypoint 2.5 or 3 pound or whatever. But yeah, that's one of the most important things, I guess, in figuring out your new GPS unit and, and labeling all that stuff certainly makes it a lot easier. Great answer. Thank you, Dave. And Paul, let us know that you heard your question answered on the pro tip brought to you by protecttheharvest.com, keeping traditions alive for future generations. Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride extreme rough water just doesn't exist we're not just building a boat we're building a legend legend boats this is FLW champion Dave LaFibra, and you're dialed in to Bass Edge Radio with Aaron and Kurt. We are about to kick it up a notch here on Bass Edge Radio. You thought we had a happy studio, and now we'll transform that studio into a party house with Major League Fishing Selects and BASS Elite Series Pro Angler, Marty the Party Robinson. Thanks for being with us today, Marty. Hey, Kurt. Eric, how y'all guys doing, man? Man, we're doing great. Excited to have you on here. And first off, congratulations on your MLF win a couple weeks ago. And quite honestly, I am very interested to chat about that for a minute. You know, so many of the MLF events are one with a shallow water technique and quite honestly you were really able to lean on a deep water bite for that win what was your thought process on entering the lake that day and and really ultimately led you to a victory in that deep water you know the day started off actually i started shallow just like everybody else you know i know most of the time i'd say probably 90 95 percent of the time the guys just start shallow and try to get a little something going and i just couldn't really get anything going shallow so it's kind of like a you know last minute alternative you know either get off the bank and catch some or stay shallow and don't i don't know if you could call it a great decision or not it's like a uh a sudden death decision, more, more of survival huh yeah exactly exactly but uh it paid off so you know that was a good thing about it there were some fish that you saw when you were fishing that deep water that really led you to think that there was a school of bass down there. Explain to our radio listeners here what exactly you saw and what gave you so much confidence in that area and you were able to pop those fish, you know, pretty quickly. To be honest with you, when we arrived at the lake, they give us a little sheet. It's like a topo map, and it actually shows some contours of the lake. And, uh, you know, just glancing over that map, I noticed the lake had a lot of good offshore structure. I've seen a lot of points points running out and some, you know, real steep drops where it dropped off into the river channel. You know, after I fished shallow for a couple hours, you know, and just couldn't get anything at all, just didn't feel it. You know, there was a lot of three or four foot of water around some of the bushes and stuff up on the bank. And, uh, you know, I fished probably a mile of that stuff and hadn't had a bite at all. Really didn't see anything happening. You know, just didn't feel there was a whole lot going on shallow. So as I started to make a move, I was actually going to change areas of the lake. As I started to make that move, I was idling out of the little pocket that I was in. And uh, I told my camera guy, I said, man, I said, there's a lot of good little contours out here on this place. I said, there's one little underwater point. I said, it's small. I think we can fish it relatively quick and, uh, you know, maybe tell if there's any kind of big bite going on. So that's really why I decided to make that move. I thought I could really fish that little 
place that I'd seen on the graph and uh, or actually seen on the map. I thought I could fish it fast and maybe figure out if the fish were, you know, deep or not. Real quick, too, for those who are not familiar with it, I understand that the lake that you were fishing on was named after Kurt. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nimrod. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the one that called it Num Nut. <laughs> hey, Marty, you have started off really well in 2015. Let's chat about the ups and downs of bass fishing a little bit. You know, sure, we can relate it to tournaments. That's what a lot of us do. But really, you know, for the weekend anglers, it's every time an angler hits the water, there's good days and bad days. How do you limit the bad outings? And if you have a bad day, how do you deal with it so that you can stay positive and still really want to go fishing the next time around? I try to have a positive attitude in anything I do and stay positive most of the time. And I mean, Kurt, you know me. I'm usually in a good mood. I hardly ever get in a bad mood. You bet. You know, I think it's just a good outlook on life to try to stay positive, stay, I guess, what you call happy and in a good mood. And uh, I'd say that's maybe the second most important thing. I would say the most important thing is when you're on the water, it's going with your gut instincts. I mean, the minute they hit you, and I'm learning that, you know, over the years fishing on the Elite Series. Now, when I get an idea, if something comes to my head, if I've been struggling and something pops in my head, you know, to run the other way. Like, say you're fishing in an area and there's 10 elite boats around you and there's supposed to be a good grass bite. And all these boats are out there punching in the grass and you're like, well, I know somebody's going to make a top 10 in this area. And, you know, used to, I would maybe just really stay with it, whether I was catching them or not, and just keep thinking, well, I know somebody's going to make a cut in this area. But now, if I get an idea or something comes into my head, hey, just don't care. You know, just abandon this, run down the lake, flip lay down. Do something that somebody's not doing and kind of go against the grain. I think if you have that mentality, it's really going to improve your fishing. Well, it's certainly demonstrated in your fishing, Marty. That is for sure. And let's really raise the, the roof here on the fishing IQ and get right into some bass fishing know-how. That's what Marty knows how to do is raise. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll raise the fishing bass IQ, but I, I, don't know, I don't know about the numbers, actually. You know, I mean, we're limited here. We're limited. Got, I see. talking to me and Kurt. So. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to educate them on what not to buy, right? Yeah, there you go. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, here, here we are in mid-May, you know, in most parts of the country. I think it's safe yeah. to say that uh, we're a little bit past post-spawn. But what are your notions on current fish behavior and how you'll kind of begin to break down a lake this time of year? You know, actually, the area that I'm from, obviously, Carolinas. I'm right here on the Savannah River Lakes, you know, not far from Hartwell, Clarks Hill. You know, as you guys know, those are blueback herring lakes. You know, in May, I'm thinking top water. That's what the deal is here. But not only can you catch them good on top water in May on uh, blueback herring lakes, but I can also catch some of the other lakes here close to the house that are not herring lakes. But I'm real heavy leaner toward that top water pattern this time of year. Now, is that something that you're just going to throw all day long and really just try and beat it out? And if so, how do you decide what to maybe start off with in the morning versus what you might utilize in the afternoon do you have some different top water presentations that you'll go through and why do you pick each one specifically yeah i would definitely start with some type of top water being on a blueback lake i would start with uh you know a czar spook or a pencil popper depending on the weather some kind of big top water bait to mimic those blueback herring 
I would kind of let the bite maybe dictate to how long I stay with that during the day. You know, a lot of times on the Herring Lakes, you can actually throw a topwater all day long because you'll have those fish, you know, relating to those schools of herring on those flat points. You know, off and on throughout the day, they'll feed, and you can actually catch fish all day. But uh, some of the more maybe, I guess, lower land type reservoirs we have here, more shallower, flatter, and uh, stained lakes that don't have blueback herring, you know, I would probably focus on more of the bluegill bite, but I would still stay with the top water. You know, I take a buzz bait or a pop art, just kind of go around the docks, hit some of the sea walls where I think you have a lot of bluegill action early in the morning. And uh, if I can keep that bite going throughout the day, maybe with a little bit of shade helping me out, I would stick with that as long as I could. But a lot of times you would have to make an adjustment on lakes like that, you know, throughout the day. Really interesting point you brought up there, shade. When you're mm-hmm. starting off in the morning, are you starting off on a bank where maybe the sun's rising? so that that shade stays a little longer there? Or does that really matter to you? You're only looking for shade as the day progresses and the sun gets a little bit higher. I don't think you necessarily try to start on a shady bank or look for a shady bank or a bank that would be shady during the day in the morning because you have a low light situation first thing and you probably got to say 9, maybe 10 o'clock depending on the weather, cloud cover, whatever to, uh, you know, capitalize on that low light bite. And then, you know, maybe around 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock, then I would start looking for more of the shadier type banks to prolong that top water bite. Nice, great tip there. Talking about low light condition a little bit, you know, we're starting to head into some summer months here. You know, June's going to be here before we know it. And then, of course, we get into the dog days a little bit, you know, that July, August time frame. Marty, you know, so many times I talk to weekend anglers and they get out for a few hours a week. They can't spend an eight or 10 hour day out on the water. You know, they really have to be concerned with everything else that's going on in their life. And they love the bass fish. And we want to make sure that when they're bass fishing, they can be most successful. So, Marty, if you only had a short period to get out on the lake every week during the summer months, what are the pros and cons of choosing to fish for a few hours in the morning or choosing to fish for a few hours in the evening? Well, obviously, the pros choosing to fish a few hours in the evening being able to sleep late in the morning. But, uh, <laughs> there you go. That's, now you're talking my language. That's right. <laughs> That's a big pro sometimes, you know, depending on how late you stay up the night before, I guess. But uh, in my opinion, I think, you know, the morning bite is actually the best. And that being said, because the water has all night to kind of cool down the fish during the night, they can move up on the bank and maybe start to feed. And then, you know, if you get out there first thing in the morning, you're going to catch some of those fish that are still active up there on the bank cruising around and, you know, maybe have a chance to catch a, you know, real big fish early in the morning. And, you know, the evening bite can be productive as well. You know, in my opinion, I think you just have a little more time in the morning too. you know, in the evening, a lot of times it don't cool down and and start getting good to maybe an hour, hour and a half before dark. So that kind of short your fishing periods. I guess that's a uh, con against that deal. Kurt seems to uh, be fond of the afternoon bite because he kind of follows the suntan lotion pattern of wherever they're putting that and applying that on. He seems to be fishing around those people. (laughs) Yeah, Kurt stays up too late playing with his tackle. There you go. Is is that what they call that? Aaron Martin. Yeah. <laughs> I actually like Aaron Martin. He gets in there and he arranges his crankbaits and he, you know, he looks at them, picks them up, and shakes them, and he, you know how you you wiggle crankbaits. Man, that's how that does in the water. They'll hit that one, man. You know, he does all that crazy stuff. All right, man. We are moving right along. <laughs> uh, it is time for a brief message from our partners here at Bass Edge Radio. We are with Marty Robinson. Bass Edge Radio will return in a moment. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! 
If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge returns with Major League Fishing Selects winner Marty Robinson in the Lucas Oil Angler Spotlight. Lucas Oil, high-performance marine products from real oils to two-cycle outboard oil that surpasses all manufacturers' requirements. Visit lucasoil.com. It works. Hey, Marty, every angler has his arsenal of go-to lures. And, you know, if you only had a handful, maybe four or five lures that you could have on your deck for 12 months a year, what would those be? Oh, gosh, man. No, my number one, it'd have to be a, a stick of Agni Dynamite. Like the Jerry Clare Jerry video where Marcel, you know, he fishes with a dynamite. But, uh, no, nah, I would say, uh, gosh, five lures, man. That's it, man. We're, we're dialing no- you in right now. We're going to get to know Marty Robinson very intimately right here. I guess my number one all time, I'll start from most important. The least important, I guess. Um, I guess the number one important bait nowadays would have to be a Buckeye Lower Spot Remover Jig Head with a uh, Zoom Trick Worm on it. I mean, it's pretty much just a little shaky head, but everybody knows. I mean, that's probably the most fish catching this lure on tour these days. Then I guess my second would be a Buckeye Lower Flat Top Finesse Jig. It's a finesse jig, and it has a little flat top on it, kind of like a spot remover, and it stands up, and uh, it's really good in super clear, tough lakes, and it's good in stained water as well. And then I'd have to have me a couple of moving baits, a Lucky Strike square bill, you know, chartreuse with a brown back. You can't beat that for covering water with. And you definitely have to have you a Lucky Strike jerk bait, probably in a pro blue pattern, you know, something to get reaction bites when the fish are not really biting good. Going back to that top water deal, I'd say my fifth and final deal would have to be some kind of Zara Spook or Spook Junior. You know, top water plug. But I say that has to be my five go-to lures. Awesome, man. That's good stuff. I, I like to hear those kinds of things from anglers because it's really important mm-hmm. on how they perceive, you know, and attack the water. And although some of those things change from angler to angler, really what we end up looking at is covering all the basis of techniques that can happen. And, uh, you know, 12 months yeah. out of the year, hard to beat some of those baits, although it's really also identifying each angler's, you know, strength. So it's, it's really cool to hear that stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Marty. I see you more than any pro angler on social media spending time with your family fishing. You know, everybody spends time with their family. But man, I got to tell you, I always see these photos of your wife and and your kids. And by the way, they always seem to be big fish, man. How do you suggest (laughs) an angler gets their family involved with bass fishing? You hear so many horror stories of anglers' kids not fishing because their father just kind of pushes them into it a little bit too early or wives despising the sport because it takes so much time out of their schedules, oh, yeah. you know, for an angler to aspire to become just a good weekend mm-hmm. angler or professional angler at that point. What are some tips yeah. that you can let us in on? I guess the first most important piece of the puzzle is uh, marry, you know, a woman that's supportive of, of what you do and is for bass fishing and not against it. Oh, wait a minute. Let me back up. Let me back up just one, <laughs> one section here. Marry a good-looking woman. <laughs> marry a good-looking woman first. That's right. Then make sure she's supportive and, and 
and you know of what you do, whether it's bass fishing or really anything. You know, I guess that's the most important thing in my house is you know my wife. She's a hundred percent supportive of what I do, and then that kind of helps with the kids too. Helps get the kids into fishing because if she likes it, obviously the kids are gonna like it. But you know how it is. If a woman don't like something, you know they spend a lot more time with the kids than we do because we're on the road a lot. So if the woman don't like it, she hates it. Well, all of a sudden the kids are gonna hate it too. (laughs) <laughs> that's but, right. uh, funny you know how that works and if she's for it we actually live on a, a four or five hundred acre lake here at the house so when i'm gone on the road you know if the kids want to go fishing she'll actually uh take the kids out on the lake and let them fish or let them fish off the dock she's all for it so i'd say that's the most important thing you know get your wife into it you know she's helping get the kids into the outdoors not only you well certainly one of the things i've found too marty is that when you're out with family or the kids or maybe a group that perhaps doesn't take it quite as seriously as what you do don't turn it into a competition you know make it about getting bites and creating success you know yeah that's a real important thing too yeah that's another thing that i've kind of left out there when you kind of get the kids into it try to stay away from those all-day trips you know unless you go with a family you know you take the whole family you take a big picnic you know you fish a little while you get out on the bank little play in the creeks and do stuff like that just don't keep it about fishing keep it short and sweet and uh they'll get actually like to do it or want to do it a lot more hey you know you had mentioned about uh when you're on the road and obviously you do a tremendous amount of traveling and we're fortunate to live in a country that has such diversity from one end of the country to the other as far as places mm-hmm. to be able to choose to fish you know if here i am let's say i am preparing to um put together a bass fishing vacation where should i go and win and i tell you what to help narrow it down pick one smallmouth destination and one largemouth destination to help me out i would say my number one largemouth destination would have to be Toledo Bend right there on the Texas-Louisiana uh, border. It's probably one of my most favorite places to fish, actually, in the summertime. If I was going to take a summertime trip, I would actually go to Toledo Bend, you know, get a house there on the lake and uh, fish it, especially every morning and every evening, maybe through the day, you know, if the fish are fighting good. But there's so many big schools of fish on that lake, and I actually feel like there's a lot of places that's never been really fished on Toledo Bend, and it's so huge, and, uh, you know, it's just full of fish. It'd definitely be my number one largemouth place, and uh, I guess my favorite smallmouth place would be, that's kind of hard, because I'm not, I kind of suck at smallmouth fishing, but uh, (laughs) uh, I would say St. Lawrence River in Waddington, it's actually where we have fished, and we'll be fishing there this year. Full of huge smallmouth, beautiful place, good place to take your family on a vacation. And it's it's not like the Great Lakes, you know. The Great Lakes are a little overrated. They're full of fish, but I mean, if you take a vacation to the Great Lakes, you may get to fish two days out of five. So sure. uh, you never know what the weather's going to be like. And uh, you know, Waddington on the river there, is, I hadn't seen it rough yet. You know, I say that it'll probably be the roughest ever this year when we go there. But yeah, I think you could fish, you know, every day. Well, there you go, Marty. You're talking my language right there but it is time for the o'reilly auto parts better parts better prices every day listener question segment every episode we give away a hundred dollar o'reilly auto parts gift card to a listener question this episode we have a question from dick durbin of tallahassee florida dick asks i have always heard that i should use a snell knot and straight shank hook for punching hydrilla and other weeds i have a tough time getting a beaver type bait rig straight on a straight shanked hook is there a big disadvantage to using 
using an EWG hook for punching? Well, my opinion would be there's not a disadvantage to using the EWG. If your uh, hook-to-catch ratio is good, I mean, if you're landing, you know, most of the bites you're getting with that hook, my opinion is stay with it. If it's easier to hook a beaver, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I struggle to keep a beaver straight on a straight shank as well. And I do like the straight shank for flipping, but I as well have used the EWG and had good success with it. So, you know, if you'd like the EWG hook better, my opinion would be stick with it until you start losing fish. Then, you know, you may have to make a change. Well, good stuff. And hey, Dick, thanks for sending in your question and congratulations for having it chosen to be on the show. Remember to send us an email letting us know you heard it answered right here by Marty Robinson and we will send out that $100 O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And Bass Edge Nation, send in those questions and comments through our address, support at BassEdge.com or of course on our Facebook page and Twitter handle to win that next $100 gift card from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Marty, it was great having you on the show. You got any closing thoughts for Bass Edge listeners? Well, the only closing thought I have, Kurt, is why did you have to come back and beat me in that major league fishing? I mean, I took the lead <laughs> and then you come running down the lake and you're giving me a high five and hollering and everything. Then you go down there and catch a four pounder and put me inside the place. Uh, right. I, <laughs> I started, man, I, I was actually tickled to death. You know, Suggs had been winning everything and you took the lead. And I, I was actually happy for you and I really was, but I got to yeah. be honest, I was a little yeah, bit man. after after I caught that four pounder, but, but uh, that was a great show. Yeah, I, thought, I thought we were friends, man. I thought we were friends. Uh, it's, it's all fun and game till the gloves come off, man, Marty. Right. right. It was exactly. a great show and, and I'm glad that you had your chance right after I did. So Yeah, I was excited for you even when you went ahead of me there at the last. I told my camera guy, I said, man, I said, I'm happy for him. I said, he was happy for me when I took the lead, so I'm, I'm happy for him. <laughs> well, and, I, and I was happy when you won that next show, so it worked out great. Well, that's that's a great thing about this Thanks, sport, guys, man. is uh, we can be competitors on the water, kind of like attorneys in a courtroom, you know? They go out, argue, and punch it out, and then they go to lunch <laughs> and uh, pat each other on the back. So good stuff right there, Marty. Right. Listen, hey, I know you have places to go and people to see. It was truly a pleasure getting to know you. Thanks so much for being on the show, and we certainly look forward to having you back again. Bass Edge Nation, we'll be right back after these messages. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Kurt, hats off to you for putting together a stellar lineup from the pro tip all the way through to Marty Robinson's interview. And one of the things that, uh, you know, keeps coming up in my consciousness as I'm sitting here thinking about this is his advice of, of staying positive, staying in a good mood. And how many times have we heard that exact phrase of keeping control of what's going on between the ears? Yeah, huge factor in the game. You know, so many of us, you know, and even growing up as a recreational angler, you know, before I got into the 
the tournament fishing, you get out there and you're really using bass fishing as a stress reliever. And I think sometimes we get out there and our expectations are big fish and lots of them. Then we get let down and really what's supposed to become our outlet becomes a potentially disappointing factor in our lives. Yeah, <laughs> so, good, good point. So um, Marty says it great, like you said, Aaron, you know, just keep it happy, keep it positive. You catch them, it's going to be fun. If you don't catch them, keep it fun. There's a lot of stuff out there that's fun that doesn't have to do with catching fish. You know, it's figuring out the puzzle, learning a new bait, understanding your rod and reel better, your electronics. There's so many other things out there that uh, are just a break away from the daily grind. So all you bass anglers out there, keep that in mind. This deal is fun. It's not all about competition. It's a whole process. It's not every bass that you catch is what's measured success. So um, hats off to Marty. Also, I want to say real quick, love his ideas on fishing. You know, get out there for a few hours in the morning, you know, maybe scratch the evening bite, do more family things. And, and maybe in Marty's case, that family things are fishing, man. He's just a great guy and really happy to see his success here in 2015 and his MLF win as well. So, uh, man, I could go on and on. I got a little bromance going on right there. Well, you-, you know, Kurt, as much <laughs> as what I would love to sit here and continue this conversation and listen to you, I got to be honest, I've got some stuff waiting. I need to drop off the grid to get out of cell phone reception so I can get my mind ready to go for tomorrow. So, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to shut this thing down. We'll see how the fish fall into the live well or if they do at all. Who knows? But uh, we'll talk more about that next time. Kurt, best of luck in your travels coming up in, in these next few weeks. And for episode number 208, we are at an end. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And we'll see you next episode right here on number 209. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Edge is presented by Keelguard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Lucas Oil Products, ProtectTheHarvest.com, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.